World leaders and their climate cheerleaders in academe and big business have a new mantra, net zero emissions. What does it mean? How can it be achieved? And what will it do for us? Are they really saving the planet or more likely leading to a dystopian future where most of us will be packing boxes for Amazon in massive retrofitted warehouses and walking home in the dark? Is this a clever plan or simply part of a modern day communist manifesto that will enrich the ruling class beyond their wildest dreams? British PM Boris Johnson says the UK will achieve net zero by reducing emissions through shifting from gas to electricity to heat our homes and by better insulating the buildings in which we live and work. We will end the sale of petrol and diesel cars and vans and accelerate the transition to clean zero tailpipe emission vehicles. John O'Sullivan is CEO of Principia Scientific International. John, many thanks for your time. You're welcome, Mike. Look, politicians are all jumping on the net zero emissions bandwagon at the recent Leaders Climate Summit, which Joe's forgotten about already. Uh, Several industrial nations such as Japan and Canada pledged to reach net zero emissions by 2050. Can this goal even be explained in scientific terms? Well, we're back at Groundhog Day here, Mike. You know, the pandemic uh, died a death now. It seems to be going down the pan. So they're going to try and breathe life back into the climate scare story. And and, uh, you've got the same old characters coming out of the woodwork again, haven't we? We've got uh, the usual crowd. John Kerry, I see, is uh, the the new climate czar for for Joe Biden. And uh, he did a very interesting podcast, uh, broadcast on YouTube recently, and got the whole of 23 people watched it, I think. So... Public enthusiasm for this is not uh, <laughs> not hitting the hitting the high level, so um, you know I think they're clutching at straws with this one, Mike. Instead of net zero emissions, perhaps the real focus should be net zero politicians, net zero academe, and net zero bureaucrats, because the ruling class really are acting like stupid nits, aren't they? I think they lost the plot, Mike, because they don't know how to prevent the economic collapse that's coming you know, due any time now i mean we all know that uh, we've been living on borrowed time the financial situation across the whole planet is dire the pandemic has put the whole world economy in lockdown and uh, you know people are racking up debts so that the the rich elite that run us they they want to make sure they keep their coffers topped up so they're going to find a way for the rest of us to pay and uh, the way they're going to do it is another scam and the thing is, they run out of ideas. You know, they tried global warming from the 1980s onwards, and that died a death. As we all know, that uh, interest in the Paris Climate Accord was absolutely negligible. Um, no country would do anything other than pay lip service to it. And there's no real commitment from any large bodies of nation, least of all the, the ones that pollute the most. You talk about China. China does nothing. India does nothing. Um, it seems that always the Western economies are the ones having to take the brunt. You know, yourself in Australia, I mean, your so-called carbon footprint is probably less than 1% with your economy the way it is. And it's same here in the UK. We're a service economy now. We don't really produce anything anymore. Our carbon mm. footprint's pretty much negligible. So all these politicians spouting about uh, net zero 
it's kind of be net zero by default. We'll all be unemployed and on uh, UBI, universal basic income at this rate. Can you tell me, because uh, I'm a Monty Python fan, I mean, I've been watching Boris and I'm just wondering whether it's a, a prelude to a new series, a remake of Monty Python. What the hell is wrong with Boris Johnson? I mean, look, you be a doctor. You be the doctor of Boris Johnson's nonga. <laughs> tell us what's wrong with him. It's the hairstyle. I mean, it's, it starts from there and you work your way down, don't you, really? Johnny Rotten. Actually, Johnny Rotten hairstyle. Yeah, who gives him, who gives him couture advice? Who, who gives the guy tips on styling? I don't know. It's uh, a bit scary. You can normally weigh somebody up by their appearance. Well, that's what I tend to do. We tend to judge somebody within two or three seconds of meeting them. If you meet Boris at a conference, say, and you think, good God, is this the leader of a country? Um, but as you, you and I know, know Mike, the, these politicians, they're really just the front men. They're puppets. They don't make the decisions. They're only there to put a public front on things. The, the real decision makers are the billionaire class who we never mm. see. So, again, you know, he's a fool. We know Boris Johnson's a fool, but you probably like Barack Obama is good at reading a script. And that, that's all they have to do. Tim Flannery, who used to be one of Australia's chief climate change advocates, said to reach net zero, it's vital that we replace all fossil fuels use, meet all of our energy needs with renewables and take concrete action to restore damaged landscapes, promote resilience of those living on the land and repair past harm to the atmosphere. Doing this will reduce the new emissions of greenhouse gas to as close as zero as possible and remove the greenhouse gases we put there in the past. Now, what's the sense of removing the greenhouse gas we've put there in the past? And more importantly, John, is this, is this scientifically even possible or maybe just another script for Monty Python? I mean, the whole paragraph of nonsense is you know, trying to pick it apart from a scientific perspective. You're struggling because on every level it's wrong. Greenhouse gases, first of all, that that's a theory that's been disproven. You know, we can talk about more CO2 in the atmosphere. Well, you know, it's 400 parts per million, over 400 parts per million. Global warming? What global warming? There's been no warming since 1998. Even NASA, NASA's got 15 satellites up monitoring the Earth temperature, and they can see no warming since 2005. In fact, the past uh, 12 months is cooling. And, and it, even worse, this month in April... Believe it or not, in Germany and the UK, we've had the coldest April for 100 years. That's global warming, Mike. You know, greenhouse gases, mm. 400 parts per million. And, uh, you know, it's getting colder, not warmer. Well, they say we're actually heading into another ice age. Um, and NASA even, I recall reading a, a while back, they said that the sun uh, was losing, you know, that it has moments of not being yeah. as strong as, as, as it normally is. Um, and so, I mean, just even a couple of hundred years ago, there was a uh, mini ice age and many hundreds of thousands of people died and, you know, the, the, nothing grew on the land because it was too cold. So I suppose we, in a way, should welcome warmth and fear cold. Well, this is a tragedy, Mike, because we should be preparing for an ice age, not, mm. not a global warming period. If you look at the great authorities in the world who are not uh, selling out to the billionaires, for example... Even the Chinese, Chinese say we're looking at perhaps two years of cooling. Um, if you look at the Russians, the Russian Pulkova Observatory, they, they, they're saying now maybe 200 years of cooling. Um, the Russian Academy of Sciences, they say there's nothing unusual about modern temperatures. So this 
hyperbole about global warming when reality is global cooling's the danger because if, if it gets colder mike we can't grow anything no and we need to grow i mean right now india has just had a record uh, wheat harvest despite the lockdown despite the so-called scares about the pandemic over there and the virus you know and the greening of the planet is an amazing thing you know nasa of all people i mean they measure everything from satellites they'll tell you that uh, with higher levels of co2 the planet's been greening uh, the sahara desert for example you may not know this mike but uh, you've got thousands of square miles of, of extra uh, greening going on there you know and the other the ironic thing here is that co2 mike is plant food and people don't seem to realize that they think of carbon they're told to think about carbon carbon mm. carbon well it's not carbon it's carbon dioxide we don't say when we refer to water we don't say hydrogen 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 <laughs> point is mike that i do, uh, I the, do. these <laughs> there's three there's three molecules three atoms in in a carbon dioxide for, for every one molecule of carbon you've got two of oxygen like with water for every molecule of ho- hydrogen you've got two molecule uh, two molecules of uh, oxygen so they're playing fast and loose with the science here mike and it's fooling people you tell uh, uh carbon think carbon to somebody and they'll think of soot which is fair enough soot is a form of carbon but so is a diamond, you know, so is graphite. And it's just so woolly thinking that they can just toss out a word like carbon, cut your carbon emissions, and, uh, you know, and anybody without a scientific background, they're easily fooled by this, or this kind of narrative. So, you know, what we're doing, Mike, and what you're probably doing is trying to wake people up to the propaganda that these politicians are are throwing out at us to cover their own incompetence. Uh, and speaking of uh, Ice Age, I see that Boris Johnson got in a spot of bother, a bit of trouble for decorating his igloo, uh, a.k.a. flat. Yeah. So um, that's another thing uh, Boris has got to worry about besides the hairstyle. Very scary future for Boris. Now, leaders like Boris Johnson, who is implementing policies such as congestion taxes, outlawing uh, diesel and petrol using cars, expecting people to be walking everywhere in 2035. What other nonsense is Boris, the hair man, promising in the name of climate change? Well, the biggest one, I think the biggest one is the, the pushing for electric vehicles. You know, as you said, they're going to ban the use of diesel and uh, petrol driven vehicles. And we're going to all go to electric vehicles. And we've got Elon Musk of all people coming out on the bandwagon, obviously with Tesla, he's his, ba- his baby there, and he's offered a prize of $100 million to anybody who can come up with a new technology for carbon capture. So they're chucking out these prizes, but nobody's winning them because there's no way to win them, Mike, because it's nonsense. Um, you know, electric vehicles, for example, let's talk about electric vehicles and how green they are. They're not green at all. Uh, you take one typical electric car, uh, that... To, to produce that car, car battery, that's equivalent to eight years of driving on petrol. But people don't see it that way. They, they think, well, you know, there's nothing coming out of the tailpipe. It's clean, it's green, it's going to get an electric car. But uh, no, that is toxic uh, in the building and creation of that vehicle. The uh, lithium-ion, for example, in the batteries, that's mined somewhere in outer Mongolia. The, Ch- the Chinese have that uh, sewn up, and uh, they're using child labour to produce it. And uh, what they're doing then is they're transporting it thousands of miles. Again, more CO2 emissions coming through the transportation there. And you're looking at uh, the construction of the vehicles. And 
you know, as you know yourself, these vehicles, you, you charge them up overnight and they'll run for about 30 miles and you've got to charge them again. <laughs> so they're not practical either. And, and more so in Australia, I mean, we've got these great distances. So I think with every Tesla, you probably get a tent and a uh, outdoor barbecue and a little disposable potty uh, just to, and then, uh, then you could uh, probably plug it into someone's uh, PowerPoint on their farm and uh, you'll get there eventually, but not quickly. And the thing about um, just talking about Elon Musk again, I mean, when he made this announcement for his hundred million uh, prize, he said, uh, right, we've got to, uh, we've only got one planet, he said. And I think even though there's 0.1% chance of disaster, why should we run that risk? Let's do something. It's crazy. And only last week, Mike, um, two people were killed in a car crash, in a Tesla car crash, because nobody was driving. Mm. You know, <laughs> where's the risk in that, Elon? You know, what, what are you talking about, guy? It's crazy. But it'd be great, though, to sit in the uh, back seat. You and I could have a cocktail, just uh, watch ourselves die. <laughs> it doesn't really work no, for me. <laughs> but I mean, but look at I mean, Elon is pushing you know, Mars, so I suppose that's still a way off. Um, in fact, it's nine months off from here to there. Uh, but yeah, I suppose Elon is still looking at um, living on other planets, which I think is, uh, personally, I think it's very exciting. Um, the Chinese, as we talked about prior, they're uh, probing Uranus, but in a different way. Um, so, I mean, the, the, uh, the world is... out every time, Mike. I, well, I like it. And it's, that's what I do. My friend of mine says, laugh at the first time he tells a joke because he'll keep telling it. Now, what I've done is I've progressed. You may laugh, but I'll tell it again because I thought it was really funny. Uh, John, how many nations are aiming for net zero emissions by significantly increasing their use of nuclear energy? Or are most politicians relying on renewable energy to get them there? Well, I think a lot of people are keeping their cards close to their chest on the nuclear side of it. As you know, Japan really screwed up badly with Fukushima. And um, we know that the the major nuclear powers, they've got the technology already. They're not going to give it up either, are they? So... China, Russia, the US, France, UK, and you can add to that Israel as well, maybe one or two other countries. They, they've got the technology there and they will be developing the capability to use nuclear power. Mm. But as you know, it, it takes 20 or 30 years to, to develop an industry and bring things up on, on stream. Um, at the moment, we know that China is knocking out about one new coal power plant a, a week or something like that. So, you know, coal is still the main source of energy. And, mm. uh, you know, it's like I said, go back to the point I made about CO2, Mike, but more CO2 means more greening. Mm. It's plant food. So why waste a good opportunity? You know, let's burn some more coal. Mm. That's what I think. Get those briquettes out and let it rip, baby. Well, it's better than burning wood, Mike. I it mean, is. or, you know, go back to the, the greens. I mean, in the UK, we're importing uh, uh, wood pellets to burn. And if you know anything about uh, when you're burning wood, the, 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 that's, that's even more toxic than burning coal. Mm. So the green, the green way of doing things seems to be causing more problems than solutions. What's wrong with hydrogen, though? I mean, Australia has jumped on the bandwagon of the hydrogen bandwagon. Uh, how can this be a clean energy source? It's not. It, it's, well, if you talk about green hydrogen, yeah, the end product is clean because what you're doing, um, you, you're taking, effectively taking lots of water and you're, again, taking the hydrogen molecule out and uh, leaving oxygen. Very clean in principle. But look at the cost. I mean, I'll tell you, it takes 
Uh, to get one kilogram of green hydrogen, you create 70 pounds of CO2, Mike. 70 pounds mm. of CO2. So again, it's not feasible. And again, if you talk about uh, your transport, I mean, we, we just said about uh, Elon Musk electric cars being dangerous. But you imagine your hydrogen-powered car. Remember the Hindenburg? Mm, that that was, didn't go down too well, did it? Well, it went down. Hydrogen's very, very volatile gas, Mike, <laughs> and you don't even see it burn. I would not fancy a hydrogen-driven car, mm. or a hydrogen-powered car at all. You have a good point there. I'm just going to write this down to make sure that uh, I don't hop into any balloons with hydrogen. Even if numerous industrial economies reach net zero in 2050, what impact will this have on limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees? And tell us about, and I'll share some music here, but I won't because of licensing, so we'll just hum. Tell us about this magical goal. 1.5 degrees, you know, six foot distance with your masks. You know, the pandemic narrative the global warming narrative they've, they've got to give you got to give the public something to to get the teeth into that sounds sciencey sounds as if it's credible 1.5 degrees what does that mean mike i mean we've got um 1.5 degrees is probably natural variability i mean you've also got thermometer error you know we know for a fact that we've got 180 years of temperature records from thermometers ground thermometers and in what they're called Stevenson screens, you may have seen them where they have screens three feet off the ground. Well, they vary by two degrees or more. So the margin of error is, is quite large. It even accounts for the 1.5. So where they're getting the numbers from, and at half a degree, I mean, that's nonsense across the planet. I mean, you ask yourself, Mike, what is the correct temperature of planet Earth? <laughs> they're almost thinking that the carbon dioxide is a control knob of the planet. It's not. It's just nonsense. And... Uh, I don't know how they've come up with these numbers, Mike, because it has no basis in science. I think the, um, I mean, we, we should be leaving it to uh, people like Bill Gates. I mean, the idea of covering the planet um, in chalk dust. Chalk dust. I mean, that's, that's really good. It must have really, uh, really cranked up your juices a bit there. You would have thought this guy is just, you know, just fantastic. He but, gave the game away there, though, Mike. Just think about it for a minute. If he's doing that, then they're admitting that the sun is actually the driver of our climate. Mm. Yet the IPCC has been telling us for 40 years it, it's not. The humans drive the climate. So kind of kind of, no, no joined-up thinking there at all, is there, Mike? There's not. Now, just uh, we'll do, do, do a bit of a left-hand turn here. Uh, censorship, you know, we, we hit it again this week. We had someone talking about uh, COVID and... Um, um, and uh, YouTube took us off. Um, how, how, could we talking about the environment here? We're talking about wacky, wacky stuff here. We're talking about politicians and bureaucrats. Joe Biden has uh, said that we're in a climate emergency. He's forgotten that, by the way. But anyway, he did say that, that we're in a climate emergency. Censorship. Can you see the censorship such as the COVID hysteria uh, just migrating to uh, climate change? you think they'll start uh, shutting down everything? Yeah, I mean, they're trying another... I mean, if you look at what's been mentioned, we go back to good old Klaus Schwab. Um, these people are drawing the parallels between the lockdowns for, for, the, for the global warming. You know, they, they saw the global economy, you know, pretty much collapse with the COVID calamity. And they're thinking, well, how good is it to have all these vehicles off the road and all the, the emissions being reduced and... Uh, all those noisy people locked up in their homes, you know, keeping out of our way. So, you know, it's such a good idea if you're a psychopathic billionaire to, to find another scare story to put people out of the way. And you just, 
it's all part of their big agenda, Agenda 21, Mike, to um, depopulate the planet. Bill Gates, who once said that we need 300 million less uh, people on the planet, is now advocating that we take uh, vaccines. So um, is there method in his madness? And uh, we'll leave that for another discussion. John O'Sullivan, CEO of Principia Scientific International. John, how do we find out more about Principia Scientific International. Well, the best place to find us, Mike, is on the website. It's principia-scientific.org. And uh, Principia Scientific International, just Google us. Don't use Google if you can afford to use it. Uh, use Tor or DuckDuckGo, any other search engine. But, you know, avoid all the mainstream billionaire uh, nonsense on Google. John O'Sullivan, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. To fill us in more on Joe Biden... And his plans for the universe, Blake Christian from Holthouse, Carlin and Van Trite. Blake, great to see you. Great to see you, Mike. Big question on who got the biggest audience in Joe's speech. Uh, was it Joe's speech? And uh, the only ones watching were the 200 allowed in or the Oscars. Now, I would probably think that the Oscars uh, normally would have won. But because they had 200 locked in the rooms with, uh, with Joe... <laughs> Listening to his speech, that's probably 199 more than the Oscars. So I would think that that had a greater viewing than the Oscars, which is good for Joe. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Blake, I've got a call in my ear. No. Uh, figures just in from Central America, uh, they were all watching and uh, packing suitcases. So obviously, Joe Biden bombed in the US and did very well in Central America. <laughs> but be, being sensible, what are President Biden's new taxes to pay for additional welfare spending? Well, you know, he, he hasn't been really specific on, on the American Families Act, which is is his native, latest, uh, you know, pork filled uh, uh, bill, uh, $1.8 trillion on, on the heels of, you know, three other big ones. And um but, uh, you know, part, part of it, actually, we do know a little bit. Part of it's going to be from enforcement uh, and, and with a focus to the ultra-rich. So we're going to, you know, potentially see more audits. Uh, but the IRS is way understaffed, so I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, and then um, you know, we've heard about the capital gain tax increase and then he would uh, basically his whole mission is to unwind everything that trump has done um so so he would roll back individual tax rates uh to 39.6 percent uh I, I shouldn't say rolling back the time timetable to 39.6 where they were back in 2017 and then um he would also the big one and the real disruptive one on a worldwide basis, I think, is capital gain rates for people making more than a million dollars would jump up to 43.4% uh, when you combine the Obamacare uh, tax uh, for the wealthy on top of a 39.6% ordinary rate. So it would just decimate the, the stock market and, you know, who's going to put their money at risk to get, um, you know, after California, you know, state tax on top of that, you know, keep 50% of your risk capital return. You know, it's just not going to happen. What's the rationale other than increased revenue to increase capital gains tax by so much? It's it's really just to punish 
the rich. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. There's, I mean, if you really wanted to collect money, you would do a, um, you know, uh, a national sales tax, um, you know, for, for pennies on purchases, you could, um, you know, collect trillions of dollars, but, um, you know, it's a, that would be a regressive system, but you could, you know, you could give a tax credit to the poor. Uh, so it's really, it's really kind of surgically to get back at the wealthy in my mind. Uh, you know, this was one of his campaign promises, uh, it does two things It you know, fulfills his, you know, attack on the rich, uh, as part of his campaign. And it also unwinds his nemesis's, um, um, you know, tax, you know, tax breaks. Uh, he, he despises Trump and all of his followers despise Trump. Interesting too. He had a welcoming visit from, uh, the FBI this morning or department of justice to, uh, Rudy Giuliani's place, and obviously it was just to say, hello, how are you? I hope you're well, and have a good day. Not. But the interesting thing, they had this warrant, apparently, according to uh, Tucker on uh, Fox, had this warrant that was an open warrant that could search the whole apartment for anything and everything. And on uh, Rudy's laptop was all the information on Hunter Biden, which they left behind. So that's pretty interesting that they go there searching for information on collusion with the uh, with uh, the Ukraine government in some some way, and then the information that would have been there, which obviously unless he writes letters, pen to paper, it's all sitting on his laptop. But no, they didn't touch it. Um, interesting, uh, as I said, interesting from the Biden administration. They have this warmth uh, for uh, Republicans, and uh, it's nice to see that they're stretching out their hand to handcuff you something like right right just that's just wonderful you know using your political cloud against your uh you know your enemies just um sounds like nixon administration it sounds like um russia or china um uh, just uh on that um what's the uh the feeling amongst the high-end business at the moment towards uh the biden administration i mean a lot of them would have supported uh Joe Biden in the uh, recent elections. Uh, but do you think they would have expected that the transition from a capitalist to a socialist to a communist uh, society was going to happen so fast? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, he had a lot of support from, uh, you know, all the, the Wall Street CEOs, and uh, they'll, uh, they'll certainly get the sting from, you know, his policies. Um, I think I mentioned last week, too, that, you know, a, a lot of the projections are that the um, earnings for, for public companies will be down about seven to eight percent next year if this went through. Uh, the simple fact that the mar- the stock market is still pretty strong is an indication that um, you know the Wall Street doesn't view uh, Congress as really having an appetite for this. Uh, I think we'll, we've already seen the corporate uh, tax rate that he threatened. At 28 um, percent, will you know they, they've already the Democrats have already said you know we'll we we would settle for 25. So there's already been a compromise there. I think we're going to see some more of that with a 50-50 split in the Senate. So um, you, you know even though they do have control, um, all you need to do is swing Mansion or you know another moderate Democrat and and 
they're dead in the water. So we'll see I what happens. AOC must be sitting there rubbing her hands, going, all for me and none for you. Now, reading a recent email from uh, Matty, uh, Matty says, here's a novel idea. First, let people get back to work. There are millions of unfilled jobs out there. Once those are filled, do like Trump, oh, that terrible name, do like Trump and grow the economy to provide more jobs. What is better, providing full-time jobs or taking money from others and handing out welfare? Welfare is unneeded given the available jobs. Your thoughts on that? And Matty. Yeah, yeah. and if you if you read through the this American American families plan, you you know, it's all it's just, you know, all these giveaways in there and you know, it's tax credits, refundable tax credits, it's it's free um uh, child care uh for, you know, well, it's it's early education, they're saying, for three- and four-year-olds. Uh, so it's really daycare, okay? And uh, they're sitting the, – the cost of it, you know, is, is – um, eclipses the, the supposed lost revenue from these people not being able to work. You know, I mean, when you really peel back the onion, it's just incredible how much – they're going to spend to supposedly fix, you know, a problem that has these inflated numbers of, of what it's costing because, you know, we're not given daycare and we're not, you know, covering health and, you know, people are malnourished. And, you know, and it's and on the on the flip side, they're saying, you know, 20 percent of the of the young kids are obese. So it's it, it's can't be both. You know, it's either. That they're, you know, if, if it's a nutrition problem, you know, why are twenty percent, why are twenty percent overweight? You know, I mean, the, the, on the other side, they're sitting there arguing that, you know, all these kids are starving. So anyway, it's it's really really a strange mm. um, narrative in in uh, the White House version of this. And I apologize, I, I digressed. Uh, what, you, let's get back to your question. No, no, just, uh, but it actually makes sense. I mean, what, what's happening is that the, um, at the moment, Biden administration is really uh, poking its uh, nose in everybody's business more than government should. In fact, a refugee who fled communist Cuba warned, warned during a recent interview that he believes many Americans have already swallowed the poison pill of communism. Maximo... Alvarez, who fled the United States from Cuba under Operation Peter Pan in 1961, said on the latest episode of the podcast, The Truth with Elisa Booth, that communism has successfully infiltrated American culture and institutions. Do you feel that too? It, it is everywhere, you know, and, and you talk to, to most of the younger people and they're all for everything free. And that's my big question, you know. So, so again, part of the this, you know, his next plan, um, stimulus plan, is to pay for two years of community college, and it's, you know, the it's hard to get into those classes already. So I, I'm just scratching my head, you know. They don't have the capacity, and yeah, maybe maybe they'll use Zoom to a certain extent, but they don't they don't have the capacity to take on, you know, 50, a hundred percent more students. And so I, and, and my, my big question is 
I, I wouldn't mind subsidizing, you know, some tuition if they were for majors like, you know, engineering, business, you know, some of the trades. I, I, I'm a huge fan of, of, you know, electricians and, you know, cabinet maker, you know, all that that is important, uh, you know, to the overall economy. And some people are better suited for that type of uh, long-term job and that they're going to get out of school and make a ton of money, much more than some of the people that have liberal arts degrees. But we need to get rid of, you know, I heard Hunter Biden's going to be teaching a college <laughs> class on, on fake news. I know, well, it's I mean, hilarious. Should, should, should that even be a class that we're actually paying somebody to teach? And then now we're going to pay somebody's tuition to attend that class? Yeah, but you... And the other, the other thing, there's nothing in here to... There, there should be a focus on getting using technology and getting the cost of education down. I mean, you, we all know that that inflation in um, universities and things has just skyrocketed way more than inflation over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. You know, why, why don't they try and control that? Mm. And then you get more bang for your buck out of the education system. Back to Hunter, I mean, really, they should have had him not teaching about fake news, should have been teaching about fake business because he is a fake <laughs> business person. Um, right. Even though he does love the Ukraine, it's a lovely place to visit. Uh, what does uh, Sean Hannity call him? Um, no experience hunter. So, um, but <laughs> he, will, he will do a fabulous job teaching fake news because he will be a fake teacher. Now, back to uh, tax, uh, our favourite subject. Which investors won't be affected by higher capital gains tax? Well, it's it's for people that have more than a million dollars. Hasn't been clear whether it's taxable income or adjusted gross income. So it's clearly the top one percent. You know, maybe the top half percent. But uh, he, he's going after the top two percent overall because he said nobody making less than four hundred thousand dollars will see a tax increase. We certainly know they will, but. Um, but basically, that leaves the top two percent for those making more more than four hundred thousand. But uh, the capital gain hit uh, that that really high rate will will apply as it stands now for a million or more. I, I'm sure they'll they'll end up dropping that, and uh, but I, I think they'll all, I, I think they'll drop the threshold, and I think they'll also drop the rate a bit. What impacts will the tax rises then have on business formation and investment? Well, you know, normally, I mean, right now, everybody loves equities, you know, stock infusions, and, and they don't really, really not that interested in making a, you know, a debt investment into a company because they're going to get really slim returns, you know, two, three, four percent on debt. So, uh, so the equity has a lot more sizzle. You know, with an expectation of eight, twelve, sixteen percent, kind of on a, you know, re, you know, that's not out of the realm of possibilities, and that's a huge difference. And you're you're going to just see the equity markets dry up, in my mind. I mean, I I wouldn't be telling clients to you know invest a million dollars into some speculative startup company uh, if they're going to end up with. Uh, you know, only walking with 50 cents on the dollar of whatever profit they make. And they, they have a better than even chance or a lot, you know, probably a 
you know, eight to one chance of, of losing that money if mm. it's a, you know, if it's a real startup. With inflation increasing, but still low, uh, well, sort of low, uh, when will financial markets become concerned about the level of government spending and high U.S. public debt? You know, it's really, I, I, I think there's there's been a shift over the last few years that says, well, you know, maybe that whole, you know, debt thing isn't as big a deal as we thought because the you know federal con- government can keep printing money and as long as as long as other you know major you know financial centers around the world are also those countries are also printing you know an equal percentage of new money it's it, you know it's a level playing field but um you know i i, I think you know not not just the covid spending but you know this is this is you know, fundamental, you know, socialistic, you know, kind of, you know, pattern that's going on now. Um, I think we're going to, it's a race to the bottom. We're going to be outspending these other countries and the dollar is going to devalue. I'm not an economist, but I, I predict, I, I feel like the, the, um, you know, our, our, the dollar is going to devalue against other currencies and, and we're, you know, I think worldwide we're going to have inflation. I mean, there's just there's just no way that you're not going to have inflation from all this all this spending. And uh, and then the the other part of it, you know, as we knew, following on on the infrastructure, you know, he wants fifteen dollars an hour uh, minimum wage across the country. Doesn't matter even if it's a low cost uh, geographic area. Anybody that's going to do government contracting. Has to has to be paying that, and even the daycare workers now, for all of these three and four year olds, they're gonna have, they're gonna get paid that, and and the people with um, you know some educational background are gonna get paid as much as kindergarten teachers. So all of this is just you know increase, 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 mm. inflation, inflation. You know it's it's coming like Wait. a. Oh, freight train. We talked about it uh, a few months ago. In fact, that um, with the inflationary or with the um, just uh, increase in wages, which will add to inflation. But uh, what also will happen is that those that are on a particular wage and there was that wage to say X amount of dollars compared to the one below them because they have more experience and yada, yada, yada. Right. They're going to want more, too, because they don't want that gap closing too much. So you're probably going to see this great wage explosion, aren't you? Right. And, and the big problem, I mean, you had mentioned it earlier about, you know, getting businesses started again and things. There's not there's not people that are motivated to go back to work because they just extended the unemployment period until September. And so if you can, you know, sit on your couch and, and play Xbox all day and you know, wh- wh- why are you going to go to work and make an incremental, you know, hundred or two hundred dollars more? Mm. You know, so you're the, everybody who's trying to reopen right now is, you know, they're at a standstill because they can't get the the people to work. And I, I think this is part of their grand scheme to, you know, keep the economy slowed down and let the government, you know, be this big safety net and. You know the Democrats will control forever because they'll the public's going to know that if the Republicans are controlling, they're going to be a little more frugal on how some of these funds are doled out to people. 
Mm, and especially when they make uh, Washington, D.C. and Guam states, of course, they're not going to have a majority forever in Congress. Um, maybe no. they, they might, in fact. Now, we had, uh, just to wind this up, we had um, Senator Ron Johnson from uh, Wisconsin on the other day, and uh, uh, which enabled YouTube to, uh, to uh, shut us down because they don't like Ron Johnson and what he was saying. Uh, and we're talking about Joe Biden and his... Um, uh, in his presidency, the first 100 days, and uh, we're talking, comparing it to his climb up the stairs of Air Force One. So would you say that uh, Joe Biden's presidency at the moment is very much like that, stumbling and uphill? <laughs> I think it's a great analogy, even though I, I hate to say anybody at his age fall, um, it, uh, it, it is a good analogy, I think. Now, out of a, a rating of 10, we've... Uh, we had a, a very strong, I think, five or six at one stage. It's sort of waning a bit out of 10. Um, is he still in the positives or has he slipped below that? I, you know, right, right now, having, having read the White House fact sheet on the, the American Families Plan and on the heels of, you know, his other legislation and, and all these executive orders, um, I, I'm, I'd give him a 2.5 right now, and, well, and I'm being very generous. Heading below zero, that's net zero popularity. Uh, Blake Christian from Holthouse, Carlin and Van Trite. If somebody wants to talk to you about tax, and they mustn't do that until you've had a rest, uh, how do they do that? How can they book in a conversation with you and uh, to talk to you about taxing, taxing things? Right. Contact me after May 17th, the uh, extended filing deadline, please. But uh, the firm website is uh, hcvt.com, and uh, you can Google Blake Christian CPA, and you'll get my contact information and articles there. Blake Christian from hcvt.com. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Always fun. And that's it for Asia Pacific Today. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Mike Ryan.